Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. It's time for Distractions with Chad and Nate. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Now, here's Chad and Nate. Today is joint practice with the Dallas Cowboys. And if you are a rookie on either one of these football teams, this is another step in your progression of as a football player. Um, you know, you do the OTAs and the mini camps. And there's a certain tempo to that and a certain learning tempo. And you're certainly nervous throughout that process. But, you know, after a couple of days, you begin to get a rhythm. And you can actually laugh and smile and enjoy a little bit of practice and as you work to get better. Then training camp starts. And now there's the rules are they have to ramp you up through training camp. So you don't hit the ground running full speed. There's a ramp up process. But then the first day of pads come. And as a rookie, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen out here? And depending on the team you're on, we saw the Detroit Lions and Hard Knocks, those dudes are banging. Versus out here with the Broncos, not so much banging. But you begin to go through your progressions. Now here is a joint practice going against another football team. And unlike the games, joint practices, coaches typically don't show you who you're going against. So it's a bit of an unknown, a bit of a wild card as to who you're going against. You don't have a chance to do any recon. You don't have a chance to uh, study up and, and watch guys on tape all week. You're literally going to show up to practice today and be asked to go against another football player who you have no idea what his skill set is. You're going to rely on your inner core football player skill set to be successful out here. So this is another step in that progression that you go through. Uh, I remember my first joint practice going against the San Francisco 49ers over in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, that was a huge, massive eye-opener for me. Um, I was nervous. I was scared. Uh, I certainly wanted to, had this odd feeling that I wanted to impress the 49er coaches because they had talked about drafting me. Um, so <laughs> I'll show you guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> a little bit of a revenge. You made a mistake. Yes. A little bit of revenge kind of thing on my mind as well. Um, but the uh, chance to go against somebody else, uh, Steve Wallace, offensive tackle for the 49ers. I think he had, by that point he was a 9- or 10-year veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, really you know, well-respected guy around the league, played really well. So Harris Barton. Harris Barton, those kind of guys. So my Guy very McIntyre. First, guy McIntyre, my very first. Jesse Sapolo. Oh, there we go. You're just running them all down as That's a right. Bay Area guy. That's right. So my first one-on-one pass rush rep of uh, a joint practice was going against Steve Wallace. And uh, he stoned the heck out of me, as would be expected. Um, I think I got him on the second one. Wait, he stoned you at the joint practice? <laughs> Crazy. And that, and that was completely, completely accidental or organic. There. That was no pun intended at all. Uh, so, yeah, th- these rookies are going to have an eye-opener out here. Um, but they're in that locker room right now, and somebody's taping their wrist, and they decide, you know what, let me go a little extra tight today. Mm. You know, he's... Making sure your, your pads are, t- uh, you know, properly seated. You, your shoes are tied. Tighter. Tight. Everything's a little bit tighter today. My chin straps a little buckled, a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Going through all that stuff somehow. If my equipment's tighter, it's going to make me play that much better. What can I do to perform better out here? Now, you said you had a number of joint practices as, as a Bronco. Yeah. Do you remember that first one and that nervous feeling that came? Yeah, it was, it was in Houston, man. And so we had to go. 
um, you know, in a, in a different locker room and go through a different pregame pro, a pre-practice process, and then you know you have to walk across this crazy thing to go practice in the Houston facility, and then you go. It's just all unusual, and you're taking you know your first steps on a different field, and you got fans standing in, or sitting in a weird spot over there on these bleachers, and so and then yeah, it's 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 different, you know. But what's most important, I think, is that it's today's all about the physical. It's not about the mental. Don't put too much on these guys' plate mentally, especially offensively. So we've been seeing this offense operate in fits and starts because they're trying to figure it out, right? They're putting in every little bit of their game plan. They're they're throwing a lot at these guys out here on a daily basis. They're trying to challenge their brains, okay? Today and, and Saturday when they play in the preseason game and the next two preseason games, it should not be about challenging these guys' brains. It should be about simplifying the game plan, simplifying the plays you call out there. This is your bread and butter stuff so you can go see these guys perform and cut loose without thinking. they got to do this without overthinking it because the last thing you want these young guys doing or rookies coming out here trying to make an impression are worrying about the playbook are worrying about the script and, oh, what's this check? And if, if oh, what, what are we doing on this play again? Where am I supposed to line up? Then you play slow. Then you get destroyed. you got to cut loose out here whether it's you know, Nick Benito, we haven't seen a lot out of him this camp because they haven't been in pads. You get an opportunity as the first player drafted by the Broncos this year to go out and make an impression against another team. Um, Greg Dulcich is not going to be out there. But a guy like Montreal Washington is going to have some opportunities out there to go show what he can do. Damari Mathis is a cornerback who's been playing better each and every day out here. He's going to get some chances. And really, these preseason games, today is a practice, but Saturday and the next two preseason preseason games, we're going to get to know some of these guys who've been languishing on the sidelines as these practices have gone on because they are going to want to rest their starters. They are going to want to protect Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy, even though I think Jerry Judy needs a lot of run. Uh, they're going to want to protect him because he is one of their top guys. So he's not going to play a lot. So those guys at the back of the depth chart, this is really an opportunity for you to you know, get your head out of the playbook and come out on this field and make an impression. You make a play out here, people are going to notice. That hill over there is going to erupt. It's going to be on film. You're going to watch it today after practice, and your coach is going to be more excited than usual when you make a play. If you make a play, like Nathaniel Hackett, you got to understand how his allegiances are split. This is his team. So if you make a play on his guy, well, it's still his guy you're making a play on, right? So he's happy you made a play, but he's bummed that his guy didn't make the play on you. Right. So it doesn't. there's always someone who screwed up, and it's your guy who screwed up, no matter what, the way you look at it. You make a big play out here today, your guy didn't screw up. Your guy made the play. You can get happy about that, and you can understand that these are guys on your team who you can trust in situations like this. You're also going to learn some stuff about guys that you didn't know. You know, the guys who are really come alive today in a way that you didn't know. You didn't re- like. Oh, I didn't realize you had that gear, man. Right. Because we haven't we haven't shifted into that gear out here yet. There's a new gear that's going to hopefully be played in out here today, and you're going to get to learn a lot about these young guys. Not every player is a practice player. Some guys are need the lights and need the, the, the game or competitive atmosphere to pull out their full level of juice. Yeah, some of those guys will reveal themselves or begin to reveal themselves out here today. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, you can do some things to help your young players in this joint practice. And part of it is what you talked about. I don't think you go into last night's meeting as Coach Hackett and say, everything we've installed, everything we've put in the playbook is up to be called today. No, you condense that thing down. Yeah. You say we're going to only going to be doing these certain plays here. That way everyone can hit the ground 
full speed running. Everyone knows exactly what to do. This is about competition. This is about trying to, you know, beat another man. This is not about trying to outsmart them from a coaching standpoint. You talked about how Coach Shanahan got all upset in a preseason game where someone was blitzing against them. There's a certain code between coaches. When you do these kinds of things, certain things are off kind of limits. And so I'm sure Coach McCarthy and Coach Hackett have had those kind of conversations. And what's going to be within limits? What's going to be off limits? Is there going to be a blitz period? Sure. We can have a blitz period. But let's know we're all on the same page. And so offensively, I know that you're going to bring pressure. And then when it's your turn, we are also going to bring pressure. That kind of agreement there allows these practices to be more about the players on the field and beginning to assess where these players are and less about one coach trying to outsmart the other coach. Yeah, I just remember out here on this field, I think it was 2008, I was playing tight end, and it was one of those, you know, it was towards the end of training camp, of course, and Cowboys come out here, and and a tight end, sometimes he's asked to play fullback, Chad. Yeah. And I was a receiver, okay? (laughs) I was a wide receiver. I know where the story is going. Tight end was already a stretch for me. Right, right. And so, all right, I'll play tight end. Okay, I'll play your game. I'll put my hand in the dirt and try to block these guys. But the next evolution to that is, oh, now we need you to play fullback. So you shift into the backfield, and you're going to lead up through the A-gap. And so I had to do that right out there against Bobby Carpenter. You Uh remember that uh linebacker from the Cowboys? Um, And you don't know his tendency as a player, right? right? And I have not practiced against him. I don't know how he's going to make turn himself into a bowling ball, a compact little bulldog, and come and <laughs> just absolutely get so much lower than me that he right. crushes my shoulder and separates it, and a fire hose of ant shoots down my arm. Because that's what happened. <laughs> and my arm was dead, man. I only laugh because I've been there. I only laugh because right? I've been there. But what can you do? Yes, because that's like one of those injuries that happens all the time in football. Right, it's not the end of the world. Um, you ice it, you take a little injection, and you're going to be good to go. But those are the moments that you have out here with guys you're not familiar with doing stuff that hey, may, you might not love to do. Your coach is going to ask you because of also guys going down, guys getting tired. You're going to get put in the game and have to do stuff you don't want to do, or in practice do stuff you don't want to do. Bobby Carpenter, I still have. You can still see it in my shoulder. Bobby Carpenter out here, bang. You said that. Steve Wallace in joint practice stoned you. Yes. Um, so which of these um, rookies are going to get weeded out? Mm. Which we're going to find out. I don't know. It's going to reveal itself because maybe some rookie. That was, that was just. I, I know you played along with it. Well done. Joint practice. Steve Wallace stoning me and weeded out. I see where you're going there, Mister Nate Jackson. Okay, okay uh, let's keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I can fit bong into a football sentence. Well, no, the grass is freshly cut out here. Well, someone's going to get rolled up out here today. Oh, Hopefully you think not. so? Yes, maybe so. Hopefully not, right? Yes, yes. Sometimes you got to be able to pick out the stems and seeds and find the best parts of things. Okay. Well, hey, man, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good thing the cameras will be rolling because then we'll be able to uh, see who needs to get weeded out. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Nick Benito go against Tyron Smith, the all-pro Pro Bowl tackle from the Dallas Cowboys. Again, and that's going to be instructional for him as a young player. Okay. This is what a all-pro looks like. This is what one of the best guys in the game for the last seven or eight years looks like. I've got to be able to grow my game in this way. I've got to be a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. I've got to sell my move a little bit better. All those kind of things that you come from, these kind of practices that uh, hone you for the preparation of the regular season. Looking forward to seeing all that out there today. Somebody texted me, texted us in and said, you talking about Barbie Carpenter? Really? He was such a bust. Wow. Just the flippancy with which professional athletes are dismissed by people. <laughs> Sir or ma'am, whoever you are, 
If you were to come out here and line up against that Barbie Carpenter, I don't think it would go well for you. I don't think you would end up uh, uh, anywhere but the hospital. <laughs> All right, we come back. Uh, Mark and Mike had a chance to talk to Coach Hackett this morning. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Coach Hackett. That's next. Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. I think sports experience is, is really important. Is it absolutely essential? I'd say probably no, but it would make the bar higher to find the right person. You know, we start with general characteristics of we want somebody that really high integrity, great values, great leadership, diverse set of experiences, someone that aligns with our values as, as uh, partners here. Uh, we think we can find somebody great. That was Greg Penner talking about what they were looking for uh, from a president standpoint and breaking news. The Broncos have announced who is going to be the president of football operations. Breaking news. Team president, not president of football operations, team president. What's the difference? Uh, it's, it's a bit of a semantics thing, but I think President of hey, Football hey, Operations hey. is on the football side. Team President is more on the business side. So Damani Leach has been named uh, Team President. He comes from the NFL office, as we discussed earlier, uh, the, the reasons why you do that. He was the COO of NFL International. He's been with the league office for the past seven years. Before that, spent 17 years in the NCAA, and there was an intern with the PGA. So a guy with a tremendous sports background, was a college football player, but comes in armed with lots of experience on the business side. Uh, I think this makes the clear delineation between the business side. Damani Leach will be on the business side. George Payton will run the football side. Yeah, man, and uh, Richie just walked over and said, hey, this gives this is clears the decks for George Payton to have a, a lot of power around here with the football stuff, and, and that makes sense. And so, yeah, well, I'm just kind of a naive, uh, stargazing, like, Bronco homer when it comes to my desire to have, like, a football Denver-centric person in this seat. Clearly, I'm not a billionaire. I've never been at this table before. I get it. This is a new business, and you got to interview quote-unquote qualified candidates from everywhere. He is definitely a qualified candidate and uh, with 25 years of experience at both professional and collegiate levels, um, highly respected sports executive and innovator. This is, I'm reading from the Broncos press release here. And he's, like you said, he was the chief operating officer of NFL International for the last three seasons. So the NFL obviously has a goal to expand the game. Yep. All around the world. Yep. Right? Someday, maybe there'll be a team in China. Maybe they, a team in Mumbai. They, they hope maybe so. Maybe a team in Thailand. They maybe a so. team in Iceland. Chad, would you like to go play in Iceland? <laughs> Beautiful scenery there. Although I heard... So, is this true? That, have you been to Iceland or Greenland? Uh, Greenland is icy and Iceland, Iceland is, is green. green yes. Right? Who'd have thunk it? But anyway, um, our new president here, Damani Leach has been running the international side of things. They want to grow the game, and now and now, whoop, he's got to narrow his focus to the Denver Broncos, right? And so what does that mean that he's an ideal candidate? Does that mean that, uh, that the, 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 the reach is going to get further? The Broncos are uh, like they already have a partnership in Mexico. The Broncos do. And, and, um, and so, look, 
we got to accept this is the way the NFL is. I think the most important thing is that George Payton keeps the football side of stuff going on. And as we speak, these guys are in the locker room getting ready to come out here and practice on these two fields. And we see these guys day in and day out on these two fields, and we see 90, 90 men. Today we're going to see 180 dudes out here. Yep. So there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot tighter out here. Right in front of us, which is normally just grass, they have pads set up and little uh, drills and things like that and the sled. So the action is going to be spilling over into this radio area all across the lines. We're probably going to get told to, to move back. There's going to be a lot of bodies out here. It's going to seem a little bit chaotic. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys kicker's out there, and he's the first one out there with those specialists, and he's got a snapper out there and the punter out here. The Dallas Cowboys specialists are the first players on the field. What do you got, Caden Davis? Where are you? Caden. Where are you? You got to compete all the time. Where are you, Quinn? All right. Caden Davis and uh, Quinn Miners, typically the first Broncos out there on the field. Uh, the Cowboys specialists have beat them to it today. Hopefully it's not a bad omen for the rest of practice, getting beat to the punch kind of thing. Um, as far as Damari Leach, uh, the Broncos... Damani. Uh, Damani. Uh, they got... They, uh, Broncos had their first... Not their first, but they have the London game this yeah. year. Yeah. With his ties uh, and leadership at the international office, I would expect the Broncos to now be a part of that. Plus, Lewis Hamilton's going to be there pumping them up before the game, giving them a pep talk. He's like, all right, guys, welcome to London. You're going to be here all week. If you've got any questions or anything I could do, let me know. I just want to tell you first before you go play this game. All right? When I race for McLaren as a Formula One racer, I see a lot of correlations in it from what y'all do Y'all, they don't say y'all, do they? No. From what you guys, from you, what you blokes you do blokes. out here there you go. on the field, sometimes you got to know when to put on the brakes. Sometimes you got to know when to shift gears. Sometimes you got to know when to put the pedal to the metal and go for it. Guys, let me know if there's anything you need other than that. Go Broncos! <laughs> All right, Bozo, thank you. <laughs> Whatever, John! So my point is, uh, with the new team president coming from the NFL International Office, I expect the Broncos will be a staple of the international schedule now going forward. So uh, I'm not sure what that means for Bronco fans. Uh, will they lose an occasional home game? Probably. Will they lose an occasional away game? Probably. But uh, with the league uh, bent on expansion uh, internationally uh, and the Broncos being one of the more marketable franchises, I think the league just can't push out the Jacksonville Jaguars out there on everybody. No. You need a team like this with yeah. an international owner like Sir Lewis Hamilton, now with a guy from the Sir Zach league. Bly gracing us with his presence. Hello, yes. sir. The, the league international office, I think this kind of even more solidifies that picture of the Broncos being pushed out there internationally. Yeah, and that's a good thing for the Broncos, the exposure. Um, uh, and um, so I think, look, accept it. This is exciting. The Broncos were forced to sell. The Bolins were forced to sell this team. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a an organization in shambles. This was an organization that was running very well and was forced to sell. And um, and I think we got a pretty good owner group coming in here who, at least off the bat, is saying all the right things about preserving what this organization means to the community and being stewards of it and had lots of nice things to say about Joe Ellis. They're keeping him on as an advisor. I think that's a really smart move. There's no one who knows more about this team than Joe Ellis. 
He knows where every single body's buried. He knows every single phone number. He knows everything about the Denver Broncos, right? So keeping Joe Ellis on in some capacity, I think, is very smart. And hopefully he's able to, to ease in this transition. But obviously there's going to be a lot to learn there. The text line has uh, pushed back on your uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton driving for McLaren. He signed to McLaren straight out of the gate when he was a young bloke. Now he drives from Mercedes, but if you look at his bio, you'd see that he has experience with McLaren. Ooh, texters. So take, take that. Man. Take that. Peoples. Yes. You, you guys don't know nothing about my history as a driver in Formula One. All right, oh. It's not just what I've done the last five years to become solidified as the greatest of all time. It's what I did at the beginning in my career to get myself in position to take advantage of opportunities like this. All right, so yesterday we were out here as the ownership group was parading around the field, and part of their parade was interrupted by a long conversation with Peyton Manning. Right. And there was a speculation of, oh, are they discussing this uh, upcoming Peyton Manning becoming president of this football team? Uh, texter on the text line, you know, said uh, no Peyton with a sad face. So, uh, but I, I think this is not a role that Peyton would have necessarily wanted to be involved in the business side of things. I think Peyton wants to be involved on the football side, to be an assistant to George Peyton, uh, some kind of assistant GM or what, I don't know how what title they want to put on that. Seems a far more fitting role than Peyton as team president going and talking to the league office and sponsors and flying over internationally to, to promote the game. That's not Peyton's gig. Peyton's gig is it being involved on the football side. Yeah, and who knows even what Peyton wants to do. Maybe he's got some other, you know, ideas. Maybe he doesn't want to be involved in the day-to-day operations of a football team. Maybe he's got some media things involved, uh, 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 some media ideas that he wants to get cooking, um, like another show, like Jenga. You know? <laughs> right. Jenga on ABC. Uh, brought to you by Peyton Manning. Boom! That's a winner. Um, and then, and then, of course, he's coaching his son's football team, too. That's right. a lot of energy. Maybe he wants to focus on his family. There's nothing wrong with that. And for all you smart people who've texted me that he races for Mercedes, I looked it up just to clarify. From 2007 to 2012, after being part of the McLaren Young Driver Program in 1998, he went on to be signed by McLaren. Formula One, 2007 to 2012. Do your research before you start disparaging the Chad and Nate show. All righty. I teased out that uh, Mark and Mike talked to Coach Hackett this morning before this segment. We had to deal with the breaking news of the Broncos announcing their new present. Uh, Now we can dive back into that sound from Coach Hackett. We'll hear from him next. Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022. Ready to ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. It's been interesting to listen to the former players on our station. Not Mark, but (laughs) from Chad Brown, Nate Jackson, Brandon Stokely, Tyler Columbus. They have been skeptical, cynical, curious about the way that you have chosen to run practice. That it isn't (laughs) the way they did it. What would be your message to them? It's a new NFL. I mean, it's just that simple. It's a new NFL. There's more science than we've ever had in this game. I mean, we see it from when we talk about the concussions. I mean, I'm pretty sure you didn't wear an extra helmet on top of your helmet um, when you played. Um, I sure didn't. Um, So I think there's so many different things, and our full focus is health. Health. The healthiest team at the end is usually the one that has the best chance to go ahead and make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's just facts. Coach Hackett talking about, uh, I guess, the... 
skepticism. Uh, I've called it an experiment. Uh, the structure of training camp and how that, how they came up with that, and why this is important to them. Um, I think the the phrase that uh, when we played that clip earlier that you walked away with was number one concern is the health of the players. And yeah. football is an inherently dangerous game. Yep. And I think it's impossible from a coaching standpoint, uh, outside of just you know not doing dumb drills to ensure that your team is healthy. Some of it, so much of it is just bad luck. Um, so I'm not sure how you practice plan against that. At some point, you have to prepare your players for the season. But to that point, uh, Coach McCarthy talked to the media just a few minutes ago, says he doesn't want any fights. It's not toughness, and players who do that will be tossed from uh, practice. And no hitting the quarterback. We are here for all the right reasons. Also, uh, James Palmer from the NFL Network tweeted out a little bit earlier. I'm told uh, not to expect any one-on-one drills with wide receivers and DBs and pass rushers in O-line today between the Cowboys and Broncos at the joint practice today. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, man, a lot to unpack on those couple statements there. One about the the health of the players being the number one priority. If If your number one priority is your health, you don't play football. You just True. don't play it. True. Because you're going to get hurt. And so if you're more concerned about your health, you don't play it. These guys know that there is a risk involved in playing this game. They know the job is dangerous when they took it. And I Absolutely. know and I know sometimes you got to save people for themselves from themselves. And I understand when you're talking about the concussions and the CTE stuff, it is important to give this information to players and also protect them if you can, okay? But there is an extent of aggression, physicality, violence to this game. That's part of it. The guys sign up for that they're drawn to. That's why they play in the first place. That's why they excelled. That's why they're on this field. Um, that's why they're rewarded with big contracts because of their aggressiveness, because of their physicality, because they can knock a dude down onto the ground and dominate. And that's what really what football is. And so if you're worried, if you're worried, number one about your health, don't play football. But, um, yeah, the, the, the no one-on-ones thing, that's, that's unfortunate simply because, it's a really easy way to, to tell what you got, and it's a very competitive drill, and it's a, a way to get the juices flowing. I guess what they don't want to do is get the juices flowing too much. You know, they don't want any fights. They don't want any injuries. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how controlled this environment really is. Um, hopefully they get some good work. I'd like to see some move-the-ball type of stuff. You know, is it all just going to be like a period of 10 plays from the same spot, or are they actually going to do some football stuff? Are they going to tackle? at all because what i heard right there was mike mccarthy said don't hit the quarterback but i didn't hear him say don't tackle anybody you know i didn't hear him say don't hit anyone too hard i didn't hear him say don't be too mean uh, other than not fighting so don't hit the quarterbacks don't fight other than that maybe we'll see a really lively football practice out here it's all like donkey kong no i don't think it is i don't think it is when you don't do one-on-ones you certainly don't do, don't do full speed tackling to the ground it's hard to imagine a scenario where hey i don't want my receivers and dbs going one-on-one but we're going to go short yards and goal line right. and tackle to the ground so um it will be a competitive practice, I'm sure, just because the, the juice of the players and the competitiveness of the players involved. So we will see some bat, some matchups and battles that we hope to see. Trayvon Diggs versus some of the Bronco receivers. Um, Demarcus Lawrence and Parsons against some of the Broncos' offensive linemen. Those kinds of things. But they will be in a structured team period and not the one-on-one matchups that would uh, I would be hoping for to be able to really evaluate some of these players and see where they actually are. So 
you know, a lot was a lot has been said about the schedule this year. Uh, the fact that this joint practice is only just one practice, uh, and now we're seeing some of the things we were hoping to see being pulled off the table as far as one on ones and you know, ho- hopeful uh, accelerated high tempo football. But I still think this will be a great evaluation period. Um, so yeah, it's new football. It's 2022. Uh, football has changed. Um, and, you know, I guess you and I just need to recognize that some of these things that were staples for us just simply aren't going to be a staple of very many training camps. Obviously, you watch the Detroit Lions hard knocks. Those guys are banging. Those guys are getting after it. Dan Campbell is trying to establish something uh, physical and, and uh, tough out there. Different uh, focus out here. Caden Davis, the first Bronco on the football field, has showed up. The specialists for the Cowboys were out about 10 minutes ago. Caden Davis continuing his tradition to be the first Bronco on the football field. Yeah, so either way you slice it, you're going up against a football team that was successful last year. Yep. The Cowboys went 12-5. and five. Now, you do remember Vic Fangio took the Broncos into Dallas and put a whooping on them. Big time. So I wonder if that is looming in the back of their minds. Like, yeah, no, it's Vic's gone. Okay, but 70% of the players are still here. Yep. Do we have some payback? To, to meet out here. Coach McCarthy's still there. Coach McCarthy's still there. So um, ha, ha, does that weigh in their minds at all? But you, aside from that, this is a good football team. The Cowboys are a good football team. Mike McCarthy is a coach who has a lot of experience in this league. What kind of training camp does he run? I imagine it's not quite as sciency as the one we've been watching. Uh, probably somewhere in the middle because he is from that West Coast system. He is from that, you know, kind of that 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 coaching tree that does like to, as the season goes on, protect players, take the pads off and things like that. But I, I imagine they were, they've been a little more physical than the Broncos. So are they going to be a little more physical today? Will they be the more physical team? I remember when the Cowboys, just seeing those guys, they were always very big. Yeah. Just big dudes. Those uh. offensive linemen would come walking in here, and it was like, oh, my gosh, Flozell Adams, are you an actual giant? <laughs> like, oh, my, this guy is a, is a literal giant. Yes. And so there are going to be some big dudes out here. How are you going to react to that? These guys have a dynamic team. How are you going to react to that? They had a defense that was doing some pretty interesting things last year. Micah Parsons, who was the rookie of the year, right? Defensive uh, rookie of the year. How are you going to react to him uh, running all around the field? Dak Prescott, a top 10 quarterback in this in this league with a really good arm. C.D. Lamb, a young up-and-coming receiver. Ezekiel Elliott and, and Tony Pollard, good running backs. Yep. Right? So, and a notoriously good offensive line that has struggled in, in, in years, in recent years. But this is a good team that you get to really test yourself against today. And it's a team that had success last year and that are looking to make a Super Bowl run this year in a relatively weak division, the NFC West, or I'm sorry, the NFC East. They got the Giants, who are, you know, first year coach, Brian Dable. They got the Eagles, and they got the, the Commanders. And I think the Cowboys are probably the favorite. And, uh, Justifiably so. They're a good football team. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting. So we gotta come back. More sights and sound from training camp. The the hill is starting to fill up. The players are beginning to get on the field. Brock, uh, sorry, the Cowboy coaches have already done their little press junket. So yeah, it's real. Joint practice, 2022. The one day of joint practices the Bronco has will be about uh, they're about 20 minutes away from that practice kicking off. Dave and I will talk more about that next. Elite Sportsbook presents. Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. 
Our analysis of training camp 2022, Ready to Ride, is presented by Elite Sportsbook. Big, big day out here at uh, UC Health Training Center, joint practice with the Dallas Cowboys. I got a big day myself after the show. Uh, Steve Levy, Ryan Harris, and myself will be uh, on with Steve Atwater on Broncos TV, discussing uh, calling the game on Saturday. Once practice is over, I'll get a chance to sit down with Coach Hackett. Well, all of us will get a chance to sit down with Coach Hackett and all the coordinators and have some conversation with those guys in preparation for the broadcast. Also get a chance to talk with some players as well. So looking forward to all of that big day out here at uh, UC Health Training Center. Yeah, you're going to be armed with a little bit of context too, yes. with those interviews because all of this has been speculative, right, for right. us because, oh, this is not what we've seen before. We've never seen this. We're old school. Get off our lawn. But we don't really know until we see them against competition, against a team who might be doing things a little different. 32 teams in the NFL. They're full of the best football players on planet Earth. You split them up in 32 different squads, and you do it your way, right? You serve it your way. 32 bowls of the same soup, Chad, but how do you serve it? That's what's going to determine, I guess, how, how tasty it is. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. Sometimes they don't have an end, right? Right, right, right. But um, a texter texting in. Saying, I'm telling you, fellas, this joy practice will show how good the Denver D is. I hope so. And, and I, I hope that is absolutely the case. I also think that that could be a very likely outcome of it. Uh, I know a lot of the tension with us all the time is on the offense because it's Russell Wilson. It's touchdowns. We want to see the ball flying through the air. He's the big-time offseason acquisition. But this defense is the strength of this team right now. And to what extent are the offense's struggles on a daily basis the product of just an awesome defense last year this defense last year was predicted to be a top five defense in the nfl last year this secondary was the highest paid secondary in the nfl they're better this year they've added to this team this year could they be the number one defense in the nfl chat Ah, it's, Can you name a better one? It is certainly possible. Uh, now, obviously, I think to be the number one defense, uh, your team has to be focused on its defense. Your play callers have to recognize, hey, we got a great defense, therefore we're going to run the ball here. Uh, they recognize we have a good defense, so when it's third and 15, we don't try to take a shot downfield. We throw a screen pass whoa, 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 and, and try, whoa, to get, whoa, try to get whoa, eight to whoa, ten whoa, yards whoa. so we can give ourselves a better whoa. field position defensively. You saying you don't go for a first down on third and fifteen when you got a great defense? Yes. Why? Because you rely on your D. De- you want to set your defense up. Hey, that's why you can go for it on fourth no. down because you know you got a great defense to come in. But then you and put the kibosh on them. You could be potentially putting your defense in a bad spot if it's third and fifteen, and you get sacked. Oh. Now, now you just didn't lose the possible first down. Now you lost 10 more yards of field position. Now you're punting from a backed up spot, and your punter only gets to the other side of the 50. Now the opposing team only needs to get 20 yards before they're in field goal position. I get the field goal range argument, but if you have a better defense, isn't that less of a risk? Uh, well, you have to, in order to be the, the number one defense in the league, you have to play the entire game to your defense. To be a top five defense? You're you talking about statistically speaking. Yes. Okay. To be a number one defense, it has to be a concerted effort by the entire coaching staff to call a game that lends itself to the defense's success. So you're saying you can't have a number one defense and an offense that takes chances at the same time? Uh, the offense has to choose where they take those chances. Isn't that where we went wrong last year with a, with a conservative approach to offense and, and thinking the defense was going to be able to carry us? What wasn't the, that the problem? The offense wasn't able to hold up their end of the bargain. They were 
But they, three, they, they were three and outs constantly. But they, they went for a stupid screenplay on third and 15 and punted it and thought their defense was going to hold. Right, but their offense wasn't good enough to hold up their end of the bargain. It has to be, you know, you got to have two both sides of the coin. You can favor one side of the coin or the other. It can't just be all defense and no offense. The offense wasn't good enough last year. The quarterback so think, play wasn't good enough. You think that one side has to be favored over the other? If you want to be the number one defense in the league, the game has to be called with that constantly in mind. Doesn't mean every third long you you give up and call a screen pass or do a draw play. No, you gotta have some aggressiveness to you. You gotta get after it some. But at the same time, if you recognize, hey, we're playing another good defense, we've been having a difficult time on third down here. So rather than trying to throw the, down the ball downfield and potentially getting a sack or an interception, let's call a screen pass, get eight yards, give ourselves a better punting position, and lean on our better defense to give us the ball back with better field position on our next series. See, what Coach Shannon used to always say is, hey, guys, when we get the ball down there, or if we're on the 50-yard line, wherever it is, and it's fourth and short, we're going to go for it because I believe in our defense to hold up their end of the bargain if we don't get it. Does that ring true to you, or are you more like, eh, we got to gauge how, you know, how game our defense is? So you're saying if you have a good defense, you want to punt it. If you have a bad defense, you want to go for it? Uh, there's always a, you know, a gray area in there, but again... If you if you recognize the defense is the best unit on your team, and that could be that could change as the season goes along, as we expect this offense to grow into itself, as opposed to this defense kind of being a little bit more regular season ready at this point here in training camp. If you recognize that, then yeah, you don't want to put your defense in bad spots because you know your offense doesn't have enough firepower to come back if the defense doesn't hold up its end of the bargain. So it's it's going to change and evolve as the season goes along. Your playing style, but that's it's really incumbent upon you as a coach to know what is the best unit on your team and how do I best support that for this particular game. It can change from week to week. It's definitely going to evolve as the season goes along, and it's going to change from who you're playing and what their strengths are. Agree to disagree. My, my philosophy would be, hey, man, I trust you guys on defense. We're going to go for it on offense, and we're going to sometimes put you in some difficult positions, but you know what? You guys are that badass. You're going to get us out of it, and we're going to take chances on offense. So a lot of texters texting in um, reminding us about the new president. We did mention that, but for those who are just tuning in, the Broncos have announced a new president, haven't they, Chad? Yes. Demaria Leach from the NFL uh, International Office. Uh, has been named team president. Seven years, what was it? Seven years with the NFL. Let me uh, uh, pull my text line. I'll text it up real quick. Uh, da, 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 back with the NFL, the past seven years, spent the seven, 17 previous years that with the NCAA, was an intern with the PGA Tour as well. So a guy with the international experience. I think the Broncos playing in London this year. The uh, inclusion of Sir Lewis Hamilton to the ownership group and now naming a team president who's directly coming from the NFL international office lends itself to the Broncos being far more involved in international games than they have been in the past. Yep, Damani Leach, new president of the Denver Broncos under this new ownership group. I know a lot of us were talking about having it be a Broncos guy or an insider person, maybe hey, Peyton Manning or, or Patrick Smythe. I know that name was floated. Look, both of those guys would have done an excellent job. Patrick Smythe is is an up-and-comer in this industry, and he's going to get an opportunity like that in the future. But they chose Damani Leach 
team president, uh, 25 years of experience at both professional and collegiate levels as a sports executive and innovator, and adds to a pretty dynamic ownership group. So a lot of juice out here. Players starting to get out on the field. The Cowboys are trickling out from uh, the field house over there where they got their locker room, and the Broncos trickling out from their locker room. So we're fixing to find out who's ready for this competition, Chef. Yeah, we got uh, Brett Rippin in front of us warming up with some, uh, looks like a baseball, a couple of small weighted balls there. Wow, the the <laughs> the product end of warming up has, has changed quite a bit. Used to just get on the field and wa- run around. Now there's all these products that come with it. The Broncos will be uh, here on the uh, south field. Looks like the Cowboys are going to have the north field here at UC Health Training Center. The crowd is definitely into it. The music is bumping. Media folks are everywhere. Yeah. Tents are set up. Cameras are set up. Biggest day at Broncos training camp so far here on the last day of Broncos training camp. It's been a lot of fun, partner, yeah, being man. out with you here every day, watching this team prepare for the regular season. Oh, Russell. Russell, he's pumping up the crowd right now. Hopefully you guys can hear that in the background. But he's he's gone into the crowd, and he's like, oh, he's crowd surfing. They're passing. No, they're not. But he's uh, he's up there in the crowd. He's saying hello to somebody. But that that crowd is packed. That that hill is packed um, to the gills. Standing room only up at top, up at the top. I think this is going to be a fun day. It's definitely going to be a fun day. We did get the news. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's going to be one on ones between wide receivers and defensive backs. No one on one pass rush between D line and offensive line. Yeah. So some of the things we were hoping for aren't going to happen. But at the very least, we're going to see a competitive practice. We'll get a chance to evaluate a lot of these Bronco players, see where this offense is, see where this experiment of a softer, lighter, new age training camp from Coach Hackett, how that prepares this team to go out and play. But uh, yeah, man, it's been a Great training camp for you and I. A lot of fun learning about this football team, seeing this uh, here in person every single day. Every single day, it's been it's been really cool to watch. You know, have the first hour just us reflecting on the previous day, and then get to watch these guys trickle out and talk about the story of the day, the way the camp has evolved. We tried to just give you our. Uh, our experience, you know, and so yes, there is some question marks. There, a lot of those are going to be answered today. Typically, on a practice day during training camp, the offense is in white, the defense is in orange. Today, they're all in orange. They're all on the same team today, going against the Cowboys, who are all dressed in white out there today. Except Russell Wilson's in blue. Russell Wilson's in blue. Everyone else is in orange. The quarterbacks, the quarterbacks are in right, blue, right? Which is far better than having them in the red shirt, which just made them feel just weird and separate from everybody else. Russell Wilson's in blue. Everyone else is in orange. Uh, Cowboys in all. They're white. Uh, Both teams beginning to do their pre-practice warm-ups to get themselves ready to go. I see some Cowboy fans up there on the hill, too. Yeah. yeah, Some Ezekiel Elliott jerseys and what is that, a Des Bryant jersey up there? I don't know. There was a couple of uh, questions on the text line of how many blankety-blank Cowboy fans are out here. There's a good number. There's a blankety-blank few of them out there, and I imagine they'll be cheering. Yes. As they always do. So this is uh, it for you and I, last day of training camp. Uh, Looking forward to being back in the studio, continuing to talk about this football team, but I'll miss our days out here at training camp, catching some of the sun, working on my tan, trying to be cool like that. But uh, we got uh, Broncos, Cowboys, about five minutes away from the start of practice. And Stokely and Zach, those guys are next. Broncos country, let's ride. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.